0: Hello
1: and welcome to another episode of If My Feet Could Talk, the podcast where I talk about running in various forms, the adventures our feet have taken us on, mental health and other topics, uh, whether it's by myself or with a, uh, a guest that I get on. I've received some amazing feedback over the last uh, few weeks of reference to my podcast. People are enjoying it and it's gone global from America, Canada, Germany, Finland, Ireland, uh, loads of places I'll listen to it and it's really great because if it helps just one person in the world, um, some of the things that we talk about, then maybe the world could be a better place. Now my next, next guest on the show is no stranger to putting himself through and beyond his comfort zone. He's not just an ultra runner and he's not just an Ironman. He's an extreme version of these disciplines of sport. Um, listeners and viewers, um, I give you a good friend of mine, Mr. James Page. Okay, and we're recording. Hello James and welcome to the podcast, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
0: Good mate, yeah, how are you?
1: I'm very well mate, I'm very well. I'm, yeah, still plodding away. Yourself?
0: yeah good good yeah we've had i've just just got got back actually we've been out with two of our kids went down to dartmoor which is just ah, just stunning down there so we just well, had i was a...
1: just i was on dartmoor this morning
0: where whereabouts
1: um post bridgeway
0: okay we we, we were sort of hate all the, the the all the tours around haytor and then had oh, yeah. our lunch at haytor and then came back came back all down. right so
1: we were in the vicinity somewhere like you know on dartmoor together um how, how how have you been how have you been finding the lockdown with you and your family have you been all right
0: yeah no, it's it's not too bad actually both uh, myself and my wife were were both working from home for a period of time uh and then we had three three of our older children home with us uh from university uh one of our eldest is over in france he came back from france from paris uh and then we had the other two two slightly younger ones that are also from uni so it was a bit mad um busy busy with 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 them here uh food bills like yeah straight up (laughs) uh, through the roof
1: it must be strange having (laughs) uh, having them around the house again once you've let them go to university and now they've come back for obviously the circumstances it must have been strange having them back under one roof again
0: yeah, very very weird because they they're used to living in student houses, so they don't clean up after themselves. <laughs> and uh, It's quite frustrating. Uh, but do you know what? We we looked at the positive of it, and you know, we, it's an opportunity to spend time with the kids that we would never have had. Definitely uh, to have them home and on a Friday night or you know Saturday night playing Monopoly. Uh, yeah. you know, sitting Around doing a we doing a we were doing every I think it was every Saturday we were doing like a quiz. So we'd all write ten, you know, five or ten questions, and it got more and more competitive each week as it went on. Uh, but yeah, really, but you know, really good fun. My wife's back at work now, uh, and I'm still working from home. So yeah, yeah it's about And it, you know, it's I was a bit worried about the whole, you know, put, putting weight on whilst you're sort of locked down and and, and everything else, you know, as as people do, but. Which is why I sort of then set a challenge for myself just to just keep myself ticking over and giving me that incentive to yeah. go out. Uh, and actually, probably lost weight in lo- in lockdown, albeit ate just as much food, if not more. Uh, <laughs> but it's been it's, it's been okay. Well, and go you you realise how stressful it is going out. Uh, and you know when you're when you're in the sort of the safety of your own house, it's really easy, isn't it? And we were. We were literally taking in turns, myself and, and Wendy, just to go shopping uh, once every week. You know, we would take it in turns. So we only really went out every other week, to be honest, which was really nice, really nice. Uh, so, yeah, what about you? How, how did you find it? Uh, I, we've been
1: pretty good, to be fair, because you know me, I'm used to being away. I'm used mm. to having that solitary confinement of four walls. Um, so... The fact that I was not told to stay inside because there was no need for me to stay inside. I wasn't. I've not had any symptoms or anything like that. I made sure I made the most of it, going out, running from my doorstep. Um, I had that routine set, and that's and that's worked. The only thing that sort of really we struggled a bit is a little bit with our son. Um, bless him. He's mi- obviously he's missing his f- friends, schooling, and stuff like that. So he's had a couple of meltdowns, and then mm. last night was actually the worst uh, meltdown we've had with him. Is because we had confirmation our August holiday to America was cancelled, and obviously he was looking forward to it. Mm. Um, and he just broke down uh, during his live cup, live cub session. So we had to deal with that last night, and it's quite stressful for a, mm. a young a young mind. Um, we we're a bit more resilient, aren't we? You know, uh, mm. yeah, we yeah, definitely. sort of look after ourselves to a certain degree, but when they're very young, um, it's hard for them. Mm. Um, so yeah, we're all right, mate. We've we've coped all right. It is what it is, and we're moving forwards, which is quite nice. Um, anyway, bringing us back into the show. Uh, so, can you give uh, the listeners and the viewers a little bit about your uh, about you? So, where you're from, where you where you grew up, um, and what you do?
0: Uh, well, I, I was born in Plymouth. Uh, my dad was in the Navy, Royal Navy, uh, and I suppose we moved around a lot. Uh, Didn't really do much sport or anything whilst I was younger. I suppose I I played football, you know, from about sort of 11 uh, till about 18. You know, reasonable standard. Uh, And and ran, you know, did a bit of cross country, that sort of thing. Um, And then you sort of hit your your 20s, and then it all goes wrong, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, you, you drink a lot you eat a lot uh, you do no exercise and life sort of uh you, you sort of life disappears and I suppose yeah. between tw- 20 and 30 it was a reasonably stressful time in my life for a number of you know a number of reasons uh and then uh you wake up one day and you think do you know what you, you're a mess uh you know you you, you know because I, I was I was massively overweight big big drinker uh and you look, you look at yourself in the mirror. You see something on the TV, and you become inspired by it. And you think, Do you know what? I'm going to change my life, and you sort of turn it around. So, didn't really properly find, you know. Tri- I suppose triathlon is it was my 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 first love, I suppose, and I I found that at about uh, <laughs> about thirty, really. So, uh, yeah.
1: See your 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 story there is so familiar. I mean my background is pretty much exactly the same you know um i was overweight drinking lots obviously bottom the barrel late in life finding the love for our sport of running and what have you um and we're very similar that to lots of other people around the world Mm. um how they get into the later on in life how we get into these sports of triathlon running ultra running and all that sort of stuff um because something finally clicks doesn't it something finally flicks that switch that mm. says right enough's enough we need to do something here
0: I, I, I suppose it, I, what you find and you know obviously we've got lots of friends in this world and and what you find is that everyone's got some sort of package or a story uh, or a reason for what they're doing and maybe that's what pushes them that's what helps them get through things because of the hard times that they maybe have gone through previously uh, yeah, yeah. everyone.
1: yeah and I I think most of the extreme endurance runners like yourself and myself that like to push themselves beyond what's classed as normal um are usually found they've got a back a major backstory you know whether it's mental health or whether it's physical health or something that keeps them driving forwards so they don't fall back into that situation I know for me I never want to get back to a twenty stone, unhealthy person again. I never want to be that person that was standing on the edge of the cliffs wanting to jump off. I never want to go there again, you know. Mm. Um, for a lot of people, you know, their backstories is what keeps them pushing them forwards now and doing what we do mm. uh, best. Really, um, it, it's yeah, it's it's mad the world. We'll, you know, the world of discipline that we're in that we have that the the, the backstories, but that's what. That's what
0: drives us, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 uh, leap years away from the man I used to be in my twenties. That's for sure. Uh, you know, changed massively, uh, and and you know, and far more positively than, than you know. Who knows what would have happened to me if I'd carried on the way I had carried on. You know, it's it's uh, you know, I, I'm 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 just grateful for for the change, really. Uh, so when the, you were growing uh,
1: up, you briefly mentioned it. Uh, where are you from? Oh, you said you were from Plymouth, but what part of Plymouth? Was it, you know, the swilly area, the roughest area, or were you in a reasonably good area, because your dad was I in the
0: Navy? I don't, I don't really remember. We lived there twice as a kid. You know, I was born there, we moved away, and then we moved back, because, you know, as you know, you, you normally stay in a place for a couple of years, and then you move on, and yeah. you know just as you're starting to settle in and make friends and and uh, it's then time to move to the next married quarters somewhere yeah. uh, so we we traveled all around uh so i don't i don't remember uh, i remember there being a jubilee party and yeah. they're still dressing up in paper mash jay or you know that yeah. uh, funny uh, funny paper stuff uh but then we moved around a lot moved we lived in uh, lived in america for about 3 years as well in the early 80s uh, and then my parents, my dad retired out in the navy, and he he was a chef. So he bought a uh, he bought a restaurant up in Grimsby, of all places. And we we literally at, at sort of thirteen, I moved up to Grimsby, which is yeah. where I sort of then, you know, uh, grew up until I sort of I moved to London to work. Uh, wow. But yeah.
1: So obviously, you mentioned you bit you were a bit sporty as a child, but nothing really. You played a bit of football and all that sort of stuff, like most children um but when did you start getting into running when did you start obviously you mentioned triathlon was your first thing but part of that is obviously running and,
0: um mm.
1: but when you know when did you find you know i'm going to start giving this a go
0: uh, i suppose you know originally i mean i i was I, I was uh i was about just under 18 stone so and i i remember seeing the, the olympic the olympics when they're in yeah, i think in must have been 2004 and, and, and saw it, the triathlon, blown away by that and just thought, you know, one day I'll, I'll, I'll do that. And I, I don't know if you've heard of it. There was a, Prior to that, uh, seeing that, my daughter was born with lots of medical conditions uh, in 2001. And I did uh, a race to raise money for the hospital uh, called The Tough Guy yeah. up, in, uh, up in sort of Wolverhampton, Birmingham way. Uh, where it, it was run by a guy called Mr. Mouse. You used to run around uh, for about six or seven miles. They did a summer and a winter. You'd run around for six or seven miles. Then you do two laps of an obstacle course, which was, a, which was about a mile and a half long. Uh, I did that to raise money. And I was, I was quite big at that point. Uh, and that was the sort of start of it, really. Then I enjoyed the challenge of that. Uh, went back and did that a number of times, both the summer and the winter uh and gradually brought my weight down to about sort of 15 stone and uh and it wasn't until I, sp- I suppose i got into triathlon and started on the short distance uh that i started to you know i was consistently running swimming and cycling and that combined sort of uh cross training i didn't seem to get injured i just and I, I you know i just seemed to you know you then do like a sprint triathlon then you do an olympic then you do like a half ironman then an ironman and then uh, it sort of goes on from there. So during the doing the triathlons, I would run, do ten k races, do half marathons, uh, and would do some marath- marathons as well. But not because of loving running, because I didn't like running or swimming really. Yeah. I just liked cycling my bike. Totally, yeah yeah. Uh, but you didn't, but you didn't fancy
1: just doing a cycle and that was it.
0: That no, no. I liked I liked the different disciplines. Yeah. Not necessarily on their own. I liked doing them together. Uh, and I like the fact that it almost prevented injuries because one of my mate, good friends, he was r- just running all the time, and every other week he had a, a niggle here and a niggle there. So I was thinking, well, I'm not getting this, not because I'm not, uh, you know, training hard. I think it was just because I was, I wasn't bashing myself up just running constantly or swimming or cycling. I was mixing it all up, uh, and then it, I suppose then. I, the, the reason i found running and certainly long distance running is you know is the people that you meet and the places you can go uh and and that's what sort of drew me to it but i suppose i did it the longer stuff purely because uh at, at 40 i thought i was having a, a, my midlife crisis and just thought you know what what can I do? I know I'll do a double Ironman, which involved then like a 52-mile run at the end of a big swim in a big cycle. So I thought, well, you know, I'm going to need to get into running more. Yeah, uh, and then started running more and would do some ultras and things. And then your runs just become longer, uh, and you just end up you end up running more because you're you're going to do a greater distance. And then so it was probably in 2012 I did a double Ironman. So then. The year before, so two thousand and eleven started to do longer stuff and start to do you know ultras and things and just and I love you know and i suppose what so what was your, what was your first ultra so I did the Inver ultra right uh, which is up around the Salisbury plains yeah uh, and I again had no idea what 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 i'd let myself in for really uh, and I remember sort of i I'd, I'd set off with one of the one of my friends who I knew. She had done it before and I, we set off together and, uh, and then we just, after about five or six miles, we, we sort of went our separate ways. Uh, and you just, you just chat to people along the way and that whole, every sort of 10K there was somewhere, there was something to eat. And that was about 33 miles. And I actually didn't do too bad at that. And when I got round to the finish, uh, I was just sitting there just like, wow, this is pretty cool in the sun. And then I saw a guy who uh, I've worked with previously who I didn't know was into uh, who I didn't know who was going to be there, but he's a guy that he's done marathon. De stars, he's done loads of other cool races and I beat him by about five minutes. And I thought, wow, that was all right then. You know, quite enjoyed that, but just the camaraderie and just chatting to people and how helpful people are. And I didn't find that so much at the shorter races, the faster this, races. This is
1: something I, I, I talked to, uh, with I think it was Pete Drummond. Um, the the road racing community is very very not small, but it's very self centered, isn't it? It's very about PBs and stuff like that, and they're not worried about waiting for the last person to come across the line. You know, the, the, where in the extreme distance running, especially in the ultra community, you find that the winners still waiting at the end waiting for that last person, cheering them on, you know. Um, If someone's fallen over, someone's willing to stop, you know what I mean? Um, They're not worried, oh, I've got a second to beat my PB. No, they'll they'll stop and give up their race to help someone else, whether it's help them complete it or whether it's helped them, uh, just to, you know, get some attention until the medic comes up, you know. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the big difference between the smaller distances and the endurance distances that we do. I think our community. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, you know,
0: yeah. And I'm not, I'm not sort of, uh, not the, the shorter races and stuff because, you know, they've got a place and, and lots of people really love those. And, you know, and and when I did them, I really enjoyed them, but I wouldn't go and I wouldn't do go and do a 10 K race necessarily because, you know, I'll go and run 10 K around the woods instead, because I'll get more from that than, running with people that you know are just there focused and and there is a you know there's a place for that but what i love is i love the fact that you can go from a to b in a beautiful place off road uh, and you just meet some really interesting people yeah. really nice people who you're at an aid station and you're quite happy to sit and talk because i'm not going there to win uh, you know i'm not i'm not i'm a little bit competitive but i'm not super competitive i'm going there to meet you know for the experience and and it's it's everything that brings it all together that makes it
1: so if we scroll back a bit when you first started your training for your triathlon and stuff like that what was your first sort of running race that you did was it a was it a local 5k 10k uh
0: do you know what i i i can't remember to be honest uh I, yeah, I, I can't remember. It was, it was a 10k, whether it was in Bristol or Taunton or can somewhere you remember? How,
1: yeah, can you remember what it was like, though, when you first crossed that finish line, you know? It's
0: hor- well, it's horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like everything, isn't it? Yeah. I, I remember doing races as you go yeah. along, and you, you cross the line, and you're absolutely spent, and it's the worst feeling that you've, you've ever had. And, you know, I've been at the end of a race sitting at the curb crying because it was the hardest thing I've ever done. And I look back now and I think, wow, if that was the hardest thing you ever did then, man. Yeah. And, it, and it's all relative, you know, people, I, what I get annoyed about is uh, people, you know, will say, oh, I'm doing a 5K, I'm doing couch to 5K, you know, couch to 5K. But you won't be interested in that. And I think, no, I'm I'm really interested in that because if you're doing something and you're out there, Then fair play to you, and I'll support you, and you know I'll come along and cheer you or whatever, or I'll come and have a run with you, and I'll help you along the way. You know, I'm not. It's
1: it's, part of the journey, isn't it? You know, we we all start somewhere. We don't just literally put on our trainers and run 50 miles for your first ever run. It doesn't happen that way. Uh, Yes, Yes, we may go like couch to marathon or couch to ultra, but that first ever run isn't that simple is it it's 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 hard putting those shoes on Mm. and getting out that front door and then you're dying at the end um or whether it's our first race just standing on that start line Mm -hmm. for the first time is a big thing whether it's a 5k or whether it's a marathon it doesn't matter that first race
0: yeah
1: it's a big thing for people
0: you know exactly i i remember running a mile on a treadmill and it was massive I, you know, it was massive for me. I just thought, wow, I've just run a whole mile without stopping on a treadmill. This is amazing. You know, for me, it was like, wow, this is amazing. Um, yeah, but, you know, and um, I, I, I suppose it just gets hard. It just gets harder, doesn't it? And, and as you get older, I mean, I, reg- I suppose that sometimes I think, why didn't I do something when I was younger? Why did. I do do some running or do some cycling or something. But what? Yeah, I've missed out on that opportunity, which is why I suppose why I try and encourage my kids now to to do stuff because it's it's really important. Don't lose these. Don't lose these years by you know just wasting them away. Really, when there's so many opportunities and things out there to do and explore. Um, Definitely,
1: and I think because you're doing it at the age that we're doing it at, you're showing to them that if we can do it at our... 30s 40s 50s then they can do it in their 20s you know yeah there's there's no reason why people can't go out and do something amazing
0: yeah i
1: have to apologize for that that's my uh work work. money if you can hit that (laughs) excellent Uh, we're having a pergola built at the moment bless him um so yeah so obviously you mentioned you then stepped in and did started doing um the doubles and the triples and stuff like that when did you f- when did you find the love for the for the brutal events like the want and the, the the brutal iron man series if you want to call it that? yeah one. so
0: Trouble. so i was gonna i was turning 40 in yeah. 2012 the uh I wanted to challenge myself. I wanted to push myself and I didn't want to go and have a big party and celebrate and be, you know, and get drunk and go, yay, 40. I just wanted to go and, uh, really test my mind and body, I suppose. So I, I had searched, I, I had saw brutal events and thought, wow, that looks really cool. And it's in Wales and for, uh, Wales for me, really special place. I mean, I, as a, as a, a younger kid, uh, you know, we, I've been up there a number of times, uh, went back a couple of times as an adult and then, you know, proposed to my wife on the summit of Snowdon, you know, Snow Snowdonia and North Wales. Absolutely love it, love, love it, love it up there. So I thought what better place to go and spend my 40th, uh, doing something I love in a beautiful place with friends and family that all came along to support me. So that was, that was sort of 2012. And, uh, you know, just blown away by by brutal, really. And Claire, who who, who, runs, who runs it, who was running it then, I remember uh, didn't really have much to do with her, uh, you know, throughout throughout the race. I know, you know, beforehand, just sort of emailing to say, does anyone know about this? And what I found was that she was really happy to share information, put me in touch with somebody else, put me in touch with other people that were doing it uh, or who, who, you know, who, who had done it. Uh, so there was, a, there was almost a sense of community already before I'd, I'd even got there. And then when you got there, yeah. you know, there was only a small handful of us, maybe, I, I don't know, maybe 15, 15, 16 people. But it was alongside the other races as well, so the shorter races. And then we were in a, like a separate tent, so, uh, and everybody had crew, because you can't do these things on your own. You need you know, friends and family to come and sacrifice their weekend to come and support you and look after you. Yeah uh so you got to know the other competitors and the other competitors families and friends your crew did, got to know them and everyone started to you know everyone supported each other uh and because it was a looped you know it was some it was a, loop, a looped event uh both for the bike and the uh the run uh, you know you really got, you got to see the same people over and over again uh and just blown away and i remember it's really funny actually uh on the website, it said uh, all finishers would get a medal, long sleeve T-shirt. So, th- I, you know, this was something that I'd never experienced before, for this double double Ironman. Uh, and I was just amazed that I'd finished. And to be honest, I had the most awful race ever. Uh, I spent the race crying. I spent the race being miserable and grumpy and you know, quite horrible to my friends and family who had sacrificed their time yeah. to come and spend to come and support me, and I was unpleasant company. Uh, and I know I know that now, looking back. Uh, but when I finished, and Claire gave me this medal uh, and a T-shirt, and it was a short-sleeve T-shirt. And it, I'm off my head, really. I think at this point, uh, having been up for, I can't remember. Uh, maybe it, oh, it took me about. F- uh, 37 hours i think it was 30 Uh, maybe it wasn't that long maybe it was 37 hours i can't i can't remember maybe it was uh so i've been up for like two days over yeah over two days by the time you wake up and everything else and the the first thing i was moaning about when i went across the line was how small the medal was (laughs) for what i'd achieved and the fact that where's my long sleeve t-shirt and uh and uh she and she said no, no it's only. i said look and so there's a I'm almost having an argument with her on the, on the finish line about how small my medal was. Yeah. Uh, the fact that it didn't even say double on it. It's just the medal. And she was going, No, it does. It does. It's on the label. So it was on the on, on the, the uh, on the ribbon. But I, of course, I, I'm off. Feel delirious, yeah. Base at this point. And uh, and then and I said, Where's? It? She said, I said, Check your website. It says long sleeve T-shirt. And anyway, so so afterwards you know I, I'm sort of my, my crew they'd sort of go away get away you know and then afterwards I emailed to say look thanks I mean wow most amazing experience I've ever had thanks ever so much and uh, you know, if only I uh, had a long sleeve t-shirt and bless her she said I'll send you a hoodie with this long sleeve. if you I said no you don't need to it's really fine one of my crew have already bought me one but you know that's really cool really kind but you don't need to do that and sort of got to know no claire then and then of course then you look at oh, what other races has she got and you think yeah. oh there's a, there's a race called the wanna and the midnight mountain marathon and uh there was some other races that, like the smugglers run uh and there was like a pig uh, like a duathlon up at cadet idris uh so it was just looked you know they just looked like really great series events and i had such an amazing time meeting people and you know in a beautiful surroundings. I just thought I've got to do one of these other events. And one of my mates actually uh and I, I finished and I said I'm never ever doing that again because it was the hardest thing at that point. And actually do you know what? Even now it's probably still the hardest thing I've ever done. Uh is making that leap from like one Iron Man to two Ironmans. Uh and the stuff after that is is, is easier than 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 that because really, that I learned a lot about myself. Uh, by by, you know, crossing that that sort of massive gorge, really. Um, and I and the the following year, like so, that was two thousand and twelve. The following year, uh, or maybe it was two thousand and thirteen. One of those two years, I can't remember. And then I they they I they said they were going to do a triple on the that's same right, course, yeah. and I thought, wow, that that's pretty epic. I, I fancy a bit of that. And it was like, well, you said you would never do. Di- well, that was a double idea. This is a triple. This is slightly different. Yeah. And then, so my training then for the triple, because I'd learned so much about stuff, you know, both eat, you know, about food, you, you know, nutrition, you know, recovery, uh, and what needs to be put into it in order to have a, a, a more pleasant race. Uh, I decided I would do some more ultras. And one of the ultras I would do as training, like a training day would be the one which is like an 82-mile run uh, on the Dorset coast, which is just, I mean, you love coastal yep. running. Uh, I love the coast. And Dorset at that time was a place I'd never really uh, never really been to, but been back so many times since, and beautiful uh, coastline. And a friend of mine, Grant, we, we said we'd do it together. And funnily enough, we had seen that race when it was owned by VO2. Yeah. And they, they it was uh you could do it over three days, or you could do this thing called the one-er, which was over twenty four hours and you think, well, how is that even possible? you know that people what run three marathons over that distance in that time that's ridiculous, so we, we sort of said, well, one day we could do that, and then it just transpires because of the brutal, and then it uh, you know brutal events had taken over the race uh it came up and Grant and I said, we'd, 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 let's go and do it. Let's go and do that together as training for, for uh, the triple, which was later in the year. And I think the, the one is in April and the Brutal was in the September in 2015. Um, and we said, look, we're going to start and finish together and it's just going to be 24 hours hanging out with my mate. Uh, you know, We're going to run in a on a beautiful coastline and we're going to just spend some time to, with each other and just have a, have a, have a laugh. And he, he, when we first got there, he had a bit of a, a blip and he said, look, I'm going to put my stuff in the car. Not, I'm going to put it in the, the, the headquarters uh, and leave it there because you'll carry on further than me and I'm going to give up. I said, no, no, don't be so stupid. We're doing this together. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, really, it was really nice. I mean, we helped each other different points in the day when I was having a low or he was having a low and we did what we, we set out to do. We spent 24 hours together on the coast. Uh, had a laugh and we started together and we finished together and it was just amazing. You know, such a great, great time, really. Uh, and I, I, that, I love that race. That's one of those races where you get your medal and you think, yeah. I definitely, I definitely earned this medal. Yeah.
1: And it becomes, it, it becomes special, doesn't it? It lives, it lives long in the memory. You know, yeah. Those, those moments. But as you were saying, you were using this to lead up to your treble. Now, I, I know because I remember seeing it you, and I'm following you at this point because um, I've already already got to know you by the time you did the treble um, and you not only did you do the treble but you came second and you did it in 58 hours and 21 minutes. Yeah. Now to those that don't know you just give a brief description of the length of distances for the, for the, for the, for the treble so they can get an idea.
0: Yeah, so it, it was a 7.2 mile swim in Lake Padan, which uh, anyone that's been up there and swam there, it's, 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 it's like a really cold lake because you have all the runoff from uh, the mountains. And uh, it can be, you know, it can be sort of 10, 11 degrees. And I think that year it was about 11 or 12. So it was really cold. So 7.2 mile swim and then uh, 348 mile bike ride, basically around Snowdon. Uh, and it was 12 laps, so you basically it was at like a 20 mile, 29 mile loop uh, around Snowden, and where you went up uh, Penny Pass on each lap, so 12 of those, uh, and then a uh, it worked out as about 75, 76 mile run at the end. But the first part, of the run was up to the summit of Snowden and back down, and then you did I think it was 13 laps around the lake. Uh, but it wasn't really a run up snowden to be honest by that point it was more of a a, a walk a, a fast walk up yeah. and down where it's an opportunity to really get some food inside you at that point because yeah. you know you you're eating uh throughout in that 58 hours i had uh i had a sleep on the bike uh, in the back of a car for about 25 minutes uh, Not while you was... were riding,
1: obviously. Well, it's funny you should <laughs> well, say you that. Probably,
0: yeah, you probably nodded off at some point. But I, I was nodding off and going up Penny Pass in the mid- dead of the night on the first night. Uh, I can't remember how many miles I was in. And uh, Matt, a friend of mine, was like my spanner monkey. He was looking after the bike. And and in the nighttime, you have to have a, a car like leapfrog you for yeah. safety because there's no reception. You know, in certain places, no reception. The weather, the, you know, with the different climates, one side it's sunny, and the next it's hail, then it's, you know, everything but snow, really. Uh, so they sort of leapfrog you as you go around. And I was just apparently, I was just swerving backwards and forwards across the road. I was asleep. So they like, right, you need to sleep. So I was just put in the car, I sat down, I closed my eyes, I was gone. And I said, Look, this going to be 20 minutes and wake me up. And then wake me back up. And that was enough to just keep me going. Yeah. And then after I f- finished the bike, and went up and down Snowdon, I had, what was it before? No, I think maybe it was when I came up and down, I had like a 45-minute sleep. Uh, So you're just literally running on on empty, really. Uh, But yeah, but then the the lake laps were quite tough. I mean, like Hope, which is where we we first met, uh, you know, is about 600 foot of climbing per lap on the brutal run and you're doing 13 laps of it so it's you know a challenging uh, a challenging run route for sure
1: and Um, how when you finished it and you were given your medal uh, was it bigger this time the medal
0: uh, it it was bigger (laughs) it was bigger yes
1: okay so you got a slightly bigger and you you got a nice little you got nice trophy as well how did you feel knowing not only did you come second but you just finished the treble
0: Oh well, do you know what I mean? Uh, I've never won anything in my life, really, and uh, I never, I never, you know, I stood on the start line at the side of the water, and by then, I, you know, I've got over the years, I've got to know all the guys that and girls that do the brutal events and and stuff, and uh, some, you know, all really good friends of mine now, and and I remember standing there at the start, thinking, I'm gonna, I, there's no way I'm not finishing this, whereas at the the double. I had no idea what was going to happen. Whereas I, I had trained really sensibly. I had trained really hard and I knew I was going to smash it. I didn't think to, I didn't think I'd be anywhere near the top. And I was, so coming out of the swim, I was like in fourth place on the bike. I was in third, by the time the bike had finished, I was in third place. And then uh, there was a guy called Rich Fuller, who is a friend of mine now. He, he, uh really strong you know really fit really just smiled the whole way whole way through and we got and and a guy called mark uh Dodgson, there was four of us all within a, you know a uh all within you know apart from tc who was like two or three hours ahead uh there was three of us that were were, were sort of neck and neck and uh doddy would have would have would have come second but he uh, I think he, he must have had something happen with his nutrition because he had spent seven hours being sick uh, in his in his tent. Uh, he ended, still ended up coming fourth, mind. Uh, but, you know, what happens on the day happens on the day. But I remember passing him. And me and Rich, uh, you know, I had the real bit between my teeth. So, you know, I was properly running, racing with 30 miles to go, running to try and catch him because I was in third place at that point and he must have went for a sleep for like 10 20 minutes and i managed to slip past him in uh, like two laps to go or whatever and i remember with passing then uh, mark who was, who was was back going by then and i was just crying telling him i've never won anything and as long and i knew as long as i could hold on to second or third i would get a trophy and you know the trophy was a piece of slate with a yeah. little plastic plaque on it which is probably the cheapest trophy you could ever produce. But it was the, it was the meaning behind that and, and what that represented. And, uh, you know, I crossed the line, got them. And by then, I'm not worried about small medals like, or anything. <laughs> like,
1: so I got a second place in the Manless King George. This is the, the trophy I got. It's the only trophy I've ever won, right? Oh, you, you, you did so well at that. Right? It, it's, it, I mean, it's nothing, like, amazing, but it's it's the sentiment behind it it's got Prince William King George Penny on it and a tally that's Brilliant. the best thing I've got ever I, re- I really like that
0: <laughs> I really like that
1: it's amazing isn't it yeah you know? um, but like you I've never won anything before in my life um, I've always seen if for me if I was to get a get a podium it'd be a bonus the, my name, main name is always to complete the event mm. you know because I wouldn't get a finish time I wouldn't get a a, a trophy or PB if I didn't finish, so it's always my main game um, and to get that was yeah you know, was was fantastic. You know I can't complain whatsoever. Um, so you finished you finished the treble, and then you after that you decided to cycle to Lands End to John O'Groats and back again. What was that form? Yeah, what the, did do that 18, but, 1800 miles or something, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, just just over eighteen hundred miles. It that that was that wasn't for, I mean, that wasn't for me. That was for for uh, my stepson, Jake, uh, our eldest. And he, so uh, he was 17. I, I brainwashed the kids from young a young age to to like sport and, you know, took them to a cycling club and all those things. And Jake, like, loved riding. So uh, he decided, I mean, John O'Groats, Land's End to John O'Groats has always been on my bucket list of things to do. And when he said, look, I'd really love to ride Land's End to John O'Groats, I thought, brilliant, Wendy's going to let me go because I'm supporting one of the kids. Yeah. And, uh, and anyway, it, it, so he, he said, I want to do it. I want to do it for charity. Uh, will you help me? And I was like, you know, I, I couldn't answer quick enough, really. I said, I'll do anything you want. I'll drive a van for you. I'll ride with you. You know, I, you know whatever you want me to do. You know, I'm there. He said, I'd really love you to ride with and uh, you know, trying to get time off and all that sort of stuff for, for both my wife and I uh, to fit it in over the summer holidays, you know, it was difficult. And she she had decided actually rather than her have to drive a van up up you know up the country, and we would just go on our own. And he wanted to do it unsupported, so we we we, we didn't have panniers. We had all before bike packing yeah. became uh, popular. We had like we had bought some bike packing stuff, so we weren't really laden down with panniers and stuff. And we went as light as we possibly could. And uh, it's, so we were doing Land's End John O'Groats. Started, we started looking at like, the logistics of getting back from John O'Groats back home because we lived down in Devon, uh, you know, and having to cycle back to Wick and then get a train to Inverness and then fly or it, it, and then get our bikes back. And then at one stage, there was a couple of other kids from the cycle club, the kids cycling club I used to help at. Wanted to ride John and Grotes to Lands End, so they were going to drive a car up because they were like a year older or so. They were going to drive a car up. We were with their bikes. We were going to swap over and then come back, and that never really sort of materialised. And and so jokingly, and there's always a bit of dispute with Jake and I over who made this decision. But I just said, look, all seems a bit of a faff, really. Uh, Shall we? Shall we just ride back? And he said, yeah. So it turned into Lands End to John and Grotes and back again. Uh, and because of time off and work, I only had uh, 14 days, so we were we were against the time. So we had to go up and down in 14 days.
1: Well, you were downhill on the way back, which is the main well, idea. Really
0: right? <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Though. I, <laughs> I, know, I like I like winding yeah. people up
1: that have that have run lands into to John O'Groats and vice versa. Just yeah. you know, because when you look at the map, it's downhill, isn't it? You know, the fact that it's actually not I and mean, it's up and down like a lunatic. It's it's, it's mad.
0: But but mentally it is downhill, and that's and that because this is, you know this as you know this this is not about being fit, it's it's about having that mental capacity to just in being able to endure, uh, and and the the, the land's end to John Gakes and back was wasn't even really about cycling, for, uh, you know. In the end, uh, you know, it was all it was to do with equipping this young man with some real good qualities that he can take forward in life. Uh, that, so when things are a challenge in, in his life, whether it's through a relationship or work or illness or whatever, he's got the, 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 the mental strength to say, do you know what? I've been at my, my lowest mentally and physically, and I can smash this, and he can overcome any, any obstacle. Uh, yeah, so, it, so it's just equipping him with things. Then.
1: And, and for you, though, it was about spending some time with one of your children and doing something that you enjoy with him which is yeah. not we're not always lucky to have that moment so you know you took it by the balls and just she went yeah
0: of course do you know what we uh, you know you, you know you know sometimes you hear lots of horror stories about stepchildren and you know hating your stepdad or your stepmom or whatever and actually i suppose we we've been together since the kids are quite young anyway so like, the kids have grown up with an influence from me to a certain degree uh and you know and and everybody else in their life uh and uh, yeah i they, they for me so then to be asked can i come and spend two weeks with him uh you know doing something we both really love uh, and really get to know him what an absolute privilege uh and i remember you know i remember uh at the start down in land's end jake's dad came along and and uh you know, he, he, he came up and he, cut, he hugged me and he said, he's really proud of us, uh, really proud of what we're, gonna, we're about to do. Can you please look after my son? <laughs> and you think, oh, my gosh, this is a massive burden now on me. Uh, and I, I had two things to do. One, get him up and down as safe as I possibly could. Yeah. And two, get back in time for my wedding anniversary. <laughs> uh, so those were my two things, and I, I, I cracked them both. But what, a, what an absolute privilege. Just, just get really get to know him and on like day two or three so look, if this is going to work we need to treat each other like adults not you know adult child mm-hmm. uh, uh so you're a twat or whatever and you yeah. say oh, cheers mate <laughs> uh, but so sometimes that's needed though amazing. isn't
1: it you know when you're doing something like that where you've got dangerous roads you've got long distances to cover you can't treat people differently you've got to treat them like you would treat yourself you've got to like yeah. If I'm a twat, you tell me I'm a twat, and vice versa, just mm. otherwise, you won't get through it, will you? You know,
0: yeah. But he he grew up, I mean, he grew up massively. Uh, you know, from when he, you know, we we joke it's like a you know, a boy to man tour, yeah, uh, to the extreme, right? Because you know, uh, he was only 17 at that point. Uh, and we joke then going forward that with the other kids, because he was older. Uh, so what are you doing for your man-to-boy tour, you know, or oh, your boy-to-man tour? Yeah. And I've gone on and done something with, with one of the, uh, with Zach, one of the younger lads, where we did, this run, we did a running thing in a week. Uh, and we, the girls were a bit bit behind. So, we, I mean, you know Office Dyke, because you, you yeah. ran it, didn't you? Uh, this July, I was supposed to be going with my eldest daughter to do Office Dyke North to South with her went uh, downhill top. that's the way i went exactly yeah uh, i was going to t- uh, tap you up for some info actually i've uh, got some books to send you if you still plan on doing it i've got yeah, some no we're obviously with covid and everything we're, we're going to do it next year now yeah uh, but
1: if you if you want some books i could send you some the, the books that i got to save you
0: yeah no that'd be great yeah definitely. Yeah, I'll, I'll, send, bought-
1: I'll send them up they're all tallied and stuff like that
0: <laughs> i bought i bought i, I bought her a book a office Di- book and map for christmas <laughs> She wasn't that impressed, but, you know, uh, she'll love it. Uh, She'll love it, I'm sure.
1: Uh, Uh, So moving on, um, you know, obviously we've got to talk about this. You're now an exclusive member of a certain club. Now, they say, obviously, running a marathon, you end up in the 1% club. So if you're in a 1% club for a marathon, what does that make you being a Decker Ironman? Um, Uh, The listeners that don't know what a Decker is, it's 10... 10 Ironmans, now you can either do it 10 days, an Ironman each day, or 10 continuous Ironmen, which is what you did, 10 continuous Ironmen. What does that mean, now you're Decker?
0: The thing is, I don't really think of it like that. I, you know, it's, it's one of those things, I, I, you know, I um, because of my, you know, at, at that point, I, I suppose, because that was, uh, it was last year, so uh, last year, although I've been involved with brutal events, helping and stuff over the years, uh, I, I've now sort of gone into partnership with Claire in brutal events. So last year we uh, we were doing the second running of Decca UK, uh, which yes, I would have loved to have done, but I'm helping. You're part of it, yeah, yeah. part of it. So it's difficult to do. So in order to get a podium, a first place, you set up your own race, didn't you? <laughs> so, so I just, so I, so about a month before the deca up in York, I set up, I'd set up effectively my own race for me to, so I could go and do a Decker to do a continuous deca. Uh And uh I suppose I don't, because, because you, you, you surround, you're of my friends, you know, I'm not, I'm not in the minority here. Lots of my friends have done Decker's, because but that's it's, it's not a big club though. It's it, not a big club. I know you say club. you've got lots
1: of friends that have done it. I've got lots of friends that have done certain things, but when you scale it down, it's not really that big a club.
0: No, I suppose, you know, um, I, what sort of the, deck, the Decker man, uh, you know, it, it's a guy called Wayne Kurtz, who lives over in America who has just raced so many deckers. He's he's got his own book about the Decca. he's like the Decca expert he's a really nice guy really helpful really approachable and for him to say well done you've done it you another welcome to the you know welcome to the family and, and circulate that on social media i think well, i'm really humbled by that that you're it wasn't a race but you're recognizing that i've i've completed this challenge because you know I, I, I was certainly not going to go and cheat because you're you not yeah. you're the only person you would be cheating is yourself you know so you you do the mileage you do the distance, and to be sort of recognized in that respect and i think last year uh before deca u k uh maybe two hundred people in the world had done a deca you know yeah. uh on either format so uh you know having said that you know take wayne who's maybe done four or five or whatever he's so he's done both formats as well and there's uh, and and some of the other guys Um uh, so that reduces the field even more so there's, at the time at that time is about 200 maybe in the world that have done this but then it's not to say that it's not possible for anybody but no. it's just you i suppose you've got to have the the, the interest and the will to do it and uh it, it's always you know since starting triathlon it's always been you know i've looked up and thought wow that, that that's amazing how is that even possible and i suppose i did the continuous version so i did all the swim all the bike and then all yeah. the run uh but amazing experience and i uh you know i absolutely loved it but and it was easier than the double for sure uh that I, i'm not trying to make it sound really easy because <laughs> i went to some bad places but from what i've learned over the years and from you know talking to people and you know luckily i you know like you i know lots of coaches and things and you just you're like a sponge you just take all this information uh what i really love now and you know i'm possibly looking to sort of coaching in the future uh is people asking me for advice and you think well listen this comes with a, a caveat that I am not a coach, and some of my methods are very, uh, very off the wall. But I'll happily share any information with you if it helps you achieve your your sort of goal, really. Yeah, uh, and that's part of the community. You know, that's the community that you're in, and the fact that everyone's willing to help each other and uh, you know share their, their their trade secrets, let's call them.
1: So let's break the Decker down, all right? Into your obviously the event you did. So as I said, it's ten. 10- Either ten days of Ironman or ten continuous. You did the ten con continuous Ironman, so you had to do ten Ironman swim distances first. H- Give us a little insight to how the swim went for you and h- how you took on the swim and what it felt like doing it. Uh,
0: I, I mean it's twenty four mile swim, so I've never swum twenty four miles. That's twenty four um, miles, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Just, uh, so so. I had, I, uh, myself and Mark had done a, a, a challenge in, uh, in Guildford back in April, I think it was, because my deck was in June, which was where you swim a mile on the mile every, every hour uh, in Guildford. And, and Mark went on and did 24 miles. I did 16 and binned it. And, I, and my view on that was, this isn't my A race. This is training. Uh, and I started to feel ill. And I thought, if I could get ill, I'm going to lose two or three weeks and it's going to screw me because my race is only in June. So I called it a day. He went on to do it, uh, which was just amazing to to watch and some great swimmers there. So you had to swim a mile, which took, you know, anywhere between 30 and 40 minutes, I suppose. Then you had like a 20 minute break, then you had to swim again. So, so approaching the, 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 the Decker swim, uh, it was in a 25 meter pool. So for anyone that doesn't know that's 1,520 lengths, uh, and try, try and find a pool that's going to open for, for anywhere between 16 and 20 hours for you, yeah. It's impossible. Uh, luckily, uh, Devon and Cornwall Police they, they're their pool shut now, but at the time their pool was open, and, and I managed to convince them to let me have their pool for the day. Awesome. Uh, uh, so I had a lane in their pool, started at half past five, and I had the pool till uh nine o'clock so i was up against it because i had in my mind i said I, it will take me 16 to 20 hours based on yeah, some yeah. weird maths uh but then it ended up i ended up doing it in 16 and a half hours luckily they threw the keys at us and said lock up on your way out <laughs> uh, and, and uh sammy the guy down there was brilliant you know he really re- really let us uh, let me off because i, I during the swim uh, I just stressed about the time and yeah. I could see the, the minutes trickling away thinking I'm going to be over an hour by an hour here. And I was over by an hour. Uh, but, you know, luckily they said, look, by about four o'clock or something, they just said, look, stop stressing. We've got the keys, you know, just take as long as you need. So I would swim a mile, uh, literally swim a mile, stop at the side of the pool, eat something, drink something, swim another mile. And so, you know, to begin with the stop was like 10 seconds, quick swig of a drink or, you know, whatever, or, some liquid fuel and, and off, off again. And you literally, you just do that. And every, every mile, 64 lengths, I'd be tapped on the head when I had two to go. So I knew I'm going to get a break in a second. And I swam the first 11 miles, no wetsuit because indoor pools, this is an indoor pool. It's like 27, 28 degrees. It's really warm and I didn't want to wear a wetsuit. But by about 11 miles in you're fatigued. You're, you're starting to feel cold in the water. So I put my wetsuit on for warmth and then you're like a boil in the bag. Uh, so every time, every so often I'd be swimming and as I took a stroke, I'd just open my suit plus some water down yeah. and then, uh, and then carry on. Uh, and again, this is where I say, well, I always say to people, Look, I'm happy to share what I did, but it's, it's some of it's not right, quite right. And you know, uh, my swim training was 18 swim sessions, yeah. uh, you know, including the long one, which was like 16 miles every hour. But I would go to the pool, swim for it. I hate swimming. Don't love, I, I love open water swimming, but I don't like pool swimming. But I had to get my head around the whole pool yeah. swimming thing. I'd go to the pool, swim for an hour. I'd swim for a mile, sorry. Yeah. And then get out. And that would be my training. I did that about 18 times. Uh, people said, well, how on earth did you swim 24 miles? And I suppose my thought process was, uh, if I can swim a mile, all I've got to do is swim 24 of them. So in my mind, you're just swimming a mile. Yeah, you've just broken it down. Yeah. And I approach running exactly the same, I approach cycling exactly the same. If I'm doing a 100-mile run, I'm, it's, a, it's a 10K run, but just multiple ones. And I, I,
1: I use Hope24 as, as an example for how I break down my runs. I, every five miles is a lap. So it doesn't matter whether it's an A to B or it's an actual lap race, every five miles is a lap that's when i take on something that's that's the routine and yeah obviously the same sort of thing for you yeah,
0: yeah. so when i went swim training i would swim a mile and I, and I would concentrate on everything i would concentrate on pushing off the side gliding as far as i could you know i would concentrate on every stroke every sort of breath my feet position just and and just and a way i thought if i could swim a mile really efficiently and really effectively with no energy whatsoever. If I could do that, then I'll save myself to the end, which it worked. It worked. It worked really well. What I wasn't expecting, which was quite funny then seeing it at the Decker UK, is everybody experienced the same thing as me pretty much, which was the next day when you got on your bike, it's like someone has smashed you in the face with a shovel because yeah. your body, your upper body, <laughs> your neck and, every, and yeah, everything, everything you- is just in bits, your back, yeah. it's just in bits and i spent my first day you know so i i swam for 16 and a half hours my plan was to you know start at half five finished at like half nine ten o'clock whatever and then drove home you know half hour drive home whatever had some food got into bed by about midnight and i was up at half four to get back get on my bike and start so, so i had four that four hours
1: rest and then straight onto your bike and that's again 10 times the bike distance so what's that? uh
0: So it's 1,120 miles.
1: 1,120 miles of cycling. Continuous. Obviously, you stop for for breaks in between. Your back's in bits from the swimming and your shoulders and stuff like that, and you now have to lean over. Did that make it really awkward at the start? And did you start loosening up as you got into it, or did it just... Continue to spiral for your back and
0: no i the, the, that first day on the bike was a really tough day and i i i later on in the day after i was uh, you know my, i was i was quite sick uh, threw up everywhere and i just thought then i just thought i don't know how i'm going to carry on i don't how can i end this <laughs> how can i end this and save some face yeah yeah <laughs> really difficult uh and i and uh i after i puked up everywhere Luckily, my wife was across at her sister's, and she didn't see me being sick at the car, on the carpet, running up the stairs, all over the bathroom floor, all over the toilet. And blessing my mate Martin, who was one of my crew, uh, said, "Just get." And I said, "I've got to go before Wendy comes back. Otherwise, she's going to stop me doing this." Uh, and uh, because it it wasn't a race, I wasn't getting a medal. I didn't have to do it. I was doing it because I wanted to do it. Yeah. So I got back on my bike, went off, on on uh, went away. Well, Martin Blessed, he cleared up everything. Uh, and Mark uh, Dodgson, who went on to win Decca UK, yeah. uh, had come down uh, from North Wales, where he lives, stayed with me for two weeks and supported me every day. He was out with me in the morning, out with me in the evening. And then during the day, he would work. So when, later on that evening, after we had finished that first day, at, we were eating dinner just before I went to bed. And he said, was, Were you sick earlier? And, and well, we, were, we were told Wendy at this point no, no no it's just I could hear someone being sick whilst he was trying to work on a conference call uh, but yeah so that first day on the biking my plan you know you've got to have lots of different plans and I I had an A to Z plan plus some numbers and some, some symbols as well of how it would all go and uh, that first day I cut my, my laps short by two laps so I was I was already on day one, uh, or, you know, because my loops were 26-mile laps. Uh, I was already 52 miles down on my daily target on day one uh, because I had to cut it short because I felt so bad. And, uh, you know, I had some food, you know, obviously shower, oil, oil on, to try and recover in some way into bed for like a four-hour sleep. And, uh, and then again, up at half four on the bike by five. And uh, the next day, it's just like you're pro- approaching every day is a new day, yeah. uh, even though it, it wasn't. So although it's you know some people just ride, ride, ride until they fall asleep or they power nap, and because I'm you know mine wasn't a race, I was doing it on public roads. On my running and you know my running mostly off off road, but my riding was on country lanes, uh, open roads, and I didn't want to want me to be uh, asleep. Yeah. you know crashing into cars or hedges and she would only support me doing it if i had a period of of rest and looking back now and things i've experienced and seen i would do the same thing again just give myself that four hour break yeah realistically it's not four hours because by the time you get showered and stopped and 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 you don't sleep anyway because everything is killing yeah. you in the night uh it's maybe two hours if you're lucky uh and it's then just that new taking you know yesterday was bad or you know was tough today's a new day and you just take on that channel so my riding was five five days i rode for or five you know five days uh,
1: five days and then obviously you finished you finished your ride and you kicked off your cycling shoes and you, you you laced up those trainers to start your 262 mile um run um what was your head doing at this point You know, were you feeling confident now because you smashed the swim in the cycle? Hello, James? Hello, James? Right, so we got cut off there, but going back into it, yeah, you were just about... You got off your bike, kicked off your shoes, and you started your 262-mile run. Where was your head at this present time?
0: Uh, I i I suppose I got off the, the the there was no big celebration after the uh the bike literally you know there no one there to clap me home or anything like that I literally rolled up with mark uh got off the bikes came inside and it was we i just in that routine that same space need to get showered get you know get bathed get oils on uh get some food inside me and get to bed and try and recover as much as i can and uh in my mind, and you know, and having spoken about it with with mark uh, the race hadn 't even begun at this point because it was going to start tomorrow, uh, and I think I started running on the Monday, actually, so Sunday night off the bike, and it was like you know oh you know there's no in your own mind it 's like what 's happened before is is totally irrelevant now, yeah this starts tomorrow morning, uh, and I woke up half past four up out of bed running shoes on you know not different because now yeah. i'm not putting a bike you know not having to put on bike kit and get on a bike and then it's just like okay let's do this and i i you know i run, run around here all the time and i'd really planned my route well and uh some would say and i don't know if you, do, do you know sidowski sid yeah i know him, yeah. So, so sid came down for three days to support me as well and uh, he, he really took the mick out of me over my run because... You know, yeah, you were not too impressed with your route you took. <laughs> I certainly didn't pick an easy route. Because uh, at a decker, most deckers are all are pretty flat. You have a flat ride, flat run, you know, and they're multiple loops. Uh, you know, my, my bike was 45,000 foot of climbing. And uh, my run, uh, the first day of running, I did about 4,500 foot of climb. <laughs> Uh, and you just think what have i done uh uh yeah <laughs> so so it was a tough it was a tough run and uh the beauty of it i suppose is i i was the race director so yeah. and i could change it so uh by the wednesday we changed the the run route because i wouldn't have been able to finish otherwise and you could think you could look at that and think well, you cheated, you didn't do no. the course that you were doing. Uh, and all uh, you could think, actually, do you know what? It wasn't about, you know, I'm not trying to prove anything. I'm just trying to, I just want to finish. I want to raise money, awareness of the two charities I was r- r- racing for. And I want to finish because I don't want to be doing this again. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the first day, I <clears throat> can't remember how long I ran for, but, you know, I, I sacked it at 68 miles on day one. Uh, because you've, I've got to get to bed and got to get to sleep, and I, and uh, and I was pretty much there or thereabouts what I wanted to do. But sixty-eight miles with four and a half thousand foot, having swam and biked the like the previous six yeah. days was really tough. And uh, that first day, I I I, uh, I don't know if it was the first day or the second day, but I just I was you know because I was only ever going to give up if I. If I was seriously injured or I was un- medically unsafe for me to carry on, because I did, you know, you're putting your body under a massive amount of st- stress and pressure. Uh And that day, that day, I wasn't. In the end of that day, I wasn't injured. I, hadn't, I wasn't medically unsafe. I was just in a whole world of pain, and uh and it was just really hard, really tough. So, but again, it was like, yeah, get to bed, half past four up, five o'clock out. And, yeah, and get that routine again. going again
1: and. And just crack on yeah. until finish. Yeah. So you finished your 260 miles. You finished your bike. You finished your swimming. You became a Decker. What was that like? That when you finally took that last step across the finish line. What was that like for you?
0: Uh, well, I, I mean, it was it was it was an amazing experience, and and actually, you know. Uh, Wendy, who my wife is has supported me wholeheartedly over the years and and i 'm sure sometimes now she just goes you yeah, what what next sort of thing yeah. uh, but she was re- she was really great, really supported me through that, and doddy was fantastic come down for those two weeks and without without those two, I would never have finished really and lots and all the other people that came to support and and cheer me on and, and everything else but I suppose uh for me you know you finished and it wasn't like there was no big celebrate you know there was no big celebration and i and i purposely wanted it like that really because you you i've experienced that before where you devote all your training and your life and all your time to this one thing and then afterwards it's done and it's finished. And then you suddenly there's this massive void in your life where climax, you're, not, yeah. you're not training and, and then you have the like the Ironman blues or whatever they used yeah, to call it. Yeah. And I've experienced that when I, when I raced Ironman and I, and I just didn't want that feeling. So, Oh, you know, over the last sort of run the couple of years running up to that, I didn't leave, you know, everything's important in your life, your family, your children, your friends, uh, work, you know, training, but, not, you know, that you can't just bin everything, you can't just yeah. bin everything just so you can train, just so you can do this event. So, I i had a real balance, a real good balance where if I missed a session, it didn't matter, you know. If I had a family thing to go to, I'd do that instead. Uh, and I didn't leave because I didn't devote 100% of my time to training for this thing, it was just like, well, that's done, that's great, I've got now a little bit more free time, uh, and it was like. And it didn't really sink in. It just didn't, it didn't sink in what I had done, really, what I'd achieved. Uh, and it, to be honest, I still don't think it has. Uh, you know, when you, and when you think about it, it's massive. And sometimes when I'm out running and, or, or riding or whatever, and uh, I haven't swum since, I'll be, I'll be honest with that. And, I don't uh, if blame I have you. To, if I have to do a swimming thing again, then I'll swim for a couple of times before, but that would be about it. Uh, but I haven't. I'll be out riding or running and I'll think, Oh, this is really hard. And that like five miles will be really tough. And I'll think, how on earth did I do that? How on earth did I do that? But I think I just got myself into that, the right mindset, the right mentality about, you know, doing it and why I was doing it and having that support around you that, you know, could I do it again another day? Probably could, but do I want to? No. (laughs) It's lots of other things I'd like to do instead. Okay.
1: So how, first thing, how did you recover how long did it take you to recover from that because a lot of big events it takes people a while to recover some you know some don't fully recover for like a year after after an adventure like you've done so did it take you a while
0: yeah i mean it, it took me a, it took me a good <clears throat> a good three months or so to to feel anywhere near normal uh, you know my body was just empty uh, one of my, my, my friends, Phil, who had come popped in, popped, uh, you know, up at various times during the race. He said to me afterwards, when we went back to work, he said, uh, I obviously saw you deteriorate over those 10 days. And uh, he said, when I, it really dawned on me when I saw you on the last day, when you changed the top, because uh, I changed my t-shirt, my, on the the last lap to put my, uh, my rab t-shirt on. And, uh, and he just saw this emaciated figure with a little pot belly, because obviously any fat that was on my body had gone. Yeah. Uh, I, was just, I was just bone yeah. apart from my belly, which was just constantly full of food yeah, uh, as I went on. Uh, but yeah, it took a good three months, and you know I'm very sensible, uh, you know, with, with the right minerals and nutrients and that sort of thing. And I, I had swapped to a plant-based diet for the Decker uh in the january uh because i thought it would give me a better chance of of completing uh this decca by a plant-based diet and i think if i'd been eating meat during it i probably wouldn't have finished because i think my body would have just become this massive clogged up thing of you know protein and meat inside whereas with the plant-based food your body's digesting it much quicker so uh, because you're just you're eating and eating and eating all day long and all night long so uh, you know i, I and, and again you know I, I i've continued to eat plant-based food because it, it just seems to be healthier and it seems it to work for it me. it works
1: for you which is yeah. amazing. um so what's next once we're out of this obviously touch base a little bit on the office dike is there any other big big goals and adventures in the james page story of life
0: no i mean you know i'm obviously uh, i'm a partner with claire in brutal events now so uh f- a bad year to become a partner <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know yeah, all I, of our, i feel for you guys and all, you know, all, all of and all of our events have been postponed to next year so it's been it's been tough that's been tough uh uh so going forward, you know, next year, hopefully we'll be, will be bigger and better in that, that regard. Uh, again, the office diet with my daughter, my eldest daughter. And then uh, I, I, I'd had enough points for UTMB uh, over last year. Well, I had them for two years, the points, because I did all my races in, all the big races, three of them in the one year to get enough points. Uh, and I just, I didn't get in. Both both times I applied, so those points have disappeared. So I think next year I'm going to do some big, longer distance races, get some points, yeah. and have another bash at trying to get onto the UTMB let's Start list, uh just just because I think it it would be an amazing place to run. You know, uh I did I did a race in Switzerland a couple of years ago, and uh, just amazing. You know, you're up in the mountains, yeah. and just. Uh, and even well, even I, d- I did the, U- the the first year of the UTS uh, Snowdonia thing. Did the 50 uh, with a friend of mine, with Mark, and I just kept stopping. I kept stopping at the top of a hill to look back where we we had just come from, at the other hills, yeah. and then you look forward and you would think, have we just have we just come over that? You'd think, yeah, wow. Are we going over that? Wow. Just blown away by the the beauty of it. So gonna do some mountain racing i think next year sort of running uh not doing any triathlons next year uh purely just concentrating on long you know, longer running really fancy
1: fancy the hope 36 come join me with hope 36
0: uh, i might do actually yeah I might do. it's local isn't it and yeah, yeah it's
1: local yeah you know you know, you know everyone and it's yeah. hours of lovely running around uh button estate
0: i might come and do it as a training day <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly, this we
0: um, that's yeah,
1: the no, so quick fire questions now, buddy. Yeah, right, no worries. Kind of off. Okay, so I think you've already answered this prior, but I, I wrote it down. Uh, question number one swimming, cycling, or running favorite out of the three? Cycling, yeah, I knew your least favorite is swimming. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question number two um, favorite non Ironman Ultra event. That's not one of yours.
0: Uh, Non-Ironman non ultra event. So an ultra, uh,
1: that's not a brutal event because you love them, I know them.
0: Uh, I, the, the scenic trail uh, in Switzerland. Brilliant. Fantastic. I recommend it to anyone.
1: Brilliant. Your favourite food to snack on, on the go when you're, when you're doing these mammoth things?
0: Uh, dried apricots. Ooh, well, different. What's your favourite tipple? Uh, what would you like to relax with a pint of
1: Guinness nice good replacement for iron I like it yeah yeah. Uh, favourite bit of kit that you have to use when you're out on your run or your cycle you've got it like a buff or you got a favourite bit of kit
0: Uh, I love my dry robe I mean who hasn't got a dry robe uh, it saved me. Maybe, oh.
1: I, 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 I have been thinking about getting one, but I haven't got one yet.
0: I, I tell you what, in in between laps at Hope Thirty Six, when yeah. you just it's a bit chilly at night and you haven't sit down and having a cup of tea or whatever, yeah. pop your dry robe on. You're a bit new man.
1: I'll I'll, I'll definitely endeavour to get one. Okay,
0: what's your favourite movie? Uh, it's got to be Star Wars. Nice. So.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, do you have someone who inspires you?
0: Uh, my kids inspire me. Good. Yeah, all of them. They're 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 very different. All of them uh, in their own way, but they're amazing. Good brownie points though, as well. I like it. Um, if you could run with anyone, who would it be? Uh, I love running with my wife. Actually, she doesn't necessarily love running with me, yeah. uh, but I, I love I love running with her. Uh, she she yeah yeah she doesn't enjoy running with me
1: you are scoring some good brownie points tonight um, if you could race anywhere in the world obviously COVID regardless anywhere in the world where would you like to race
0: North Wales nice
1: and secondly uh, and finally sorry um, pineapple on a pizza yes or no uh, yes nice okay. <laughs> <laughs> i thought i'd throw that one in there with alex yeah, I did far uh so yeah we, you've gone for pizza pineapple on it nice um that's brilliant if people want to follow you and doing your ventures and obviously brutal and stuff like that where can they follow you and how can they get information yeah, well, and obviously your events as well
0: yeah, yeah so brutal events uh putting brutal events i think is the first one that comes up uh, and you've got the logo t-shirt i'm bad i didn't have a t-shirt on so very very well done you've got some brownie points there as well so real events and they're on instagram twitter facebook uh, and the, the website well, claire
1: once used me as a model you see because i'd sent her a picture when i was uh, in okinawa two years ago when i was away on that mammoth deployment and i was standing there looking over the pacific obviously with the ultra running part facing the camera and she loved it and used it so uh, you know I do my bit out, mates out where I can, you know.
0: Yeah, and there's 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 running events, there's swim, you know, there's there's a, a, something for everybody, uh, really. Uh, and then I'm on uh, social media, Iron Jedi Bra, uh, on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, I'll I'll
1: drop I'll drop the links in the description so people can find you. That's yeah. that's really good, uh, James. It's been fantastic to catch up with you. Um, loved you, it, mate, obviously. Definitely especially with um, the technology issues and obviously the house building and um, it's, that's what I like to do is try and keep it real and keep it raw and all this sort of stuff. Uh, What I'll do is I'll obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll say goodbye uh, on the recording, and then we'll have a quick finished chat afterwards. Once I've once I've. Nice awesome, to no, ab- Absolutely brilliant. Thank you for coming on my show, mate. Much appreciated it.
0: It's it's been a pleasure. I having listened to your show and some of the people you've had on it, I feel like a bit of a fraud, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> well, but but uh, yeah, no, but, mate. Uh, we're all been,
1: average shows. A lot of the people I've spoken to are a normal lot of people, are just like you and me. And if we can make a difference to someone's life, be it you know something we talk about mental health or something just going on an adventure and changing their life Mm. like Alex did you know quitting teaching and going on his mammoth barefoot runs across Europe if it makes someone suddenly change their mind about how they live their life then you know sure we can make a better world from it
0: yeah I've done it I've done a talk a couple of talks actually uh not necessarily about the decker but like the road to decker and uh my first slide is about you know uh, if it doesn't challenge you it won't change you and I'm not a public speaker so I find that I find that really difficult Uh, but it's going to make me a better person And, and then my aims of my talk one of the number one aim is to inspire at least one person to challenge them to do something that they wouldn't normally do and whether that's you know you know reading a book jumping on the spot hopping running a marathon whatever if somebody can get something from me talking and i'm made up really that's i've it's a winner yeah but thank uh, you mate it's been lovely chatting to you. it's been
1: yeah it's been absolutely fantastic mate um i'll uh, pause this for now and i'll uh, speak to you in a sec see you later mate
0: cheers mate take care
1: bye So that was James Page. What an absolute pleasure uh, catching up with him. Uh, I, mean, I followed his journey on uh, pretty much most of his events that he's done, and especially the Decker. It's unbelievable. Ten continuous Ironmans. Um, if you like what you watched what, or you heard, please download, subscribe um, on all the podcast streams. All right, Give us a review because it helps us get up there as well Uh, and on YouTube subscribe to the channel click those uh, notifications uh, so you know when we're coming on next it would be much appreciated Um, but for now until next time I'm the ultra running Matlow and you've been listening to If My Feet Could Talk